is such a hard-fought game for you guys. I mean, you played, you played well for the most part, staying in it, and had a chance to beat a team that's now 5-1. I mean, mm -hmm. what did you guys show just in terms of passion and character and desire to come out here and win for your home fans? Um, I think the effort was, was always there, uh, you know, trying to overcome every obstacle. <clears throat> um, whether it be the turnovers that we were, you know, self-inflicting mistakes that we had, defense, you know, uh, we almost had a complimentary football game and overcame a lot of mistakes. Um, but we, we never quit. Um, there's a lot of stuff on this tape that we'll learn from, uh, but that's that's the hard part. Uh, it's a loss, uh, and we're sick of losing. Um, so we'll we'll look at the tape. Welcome to part two of the first ever Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature. I am your host and curator, Thelonious Seven. Continuing from yesterday's show, we have four guests to help us process what we can expect in the second half of the Brown season. Up first, we have John Cahill from the Two Green Browns podcast. John and his partner, Neil, who I still need to work with, are Browns fans who hail from the Emerald Isle of Ireland. Don't let the accent fool you. These guys have been into American football for years. Love that show. Hopefully next time he's on, he can get into his kicker takes. John can be found at John underscore Cahill IRL on Twitter. We are also joined by Adam and Greg from the Surviving the Seasons podcast. Allegedly, they run the first ever podcast hosted by brothers. You know, fraternal brothers. <laughs> As a message to my own brother, who I have been begging to come on the show, listen to the chemistry and love that these guys exhibit in their takes. Adam and Greg have certainly made fans of me. They can be found at STS Podcasts on Twitter. We also welcome Rod Bloom from the Browns Blitz Podcast. You know, I'm a human and I make mistakes. I usually let them go as they're a part of the learning process, but this one was pretty egregious and I have to address it because of the level of respect I have for this guest. At the top of yesterday's show, I had it listed incorrectly on my show sheet as Ron Bloom, but it's actually Rod Bloom from the Browns Blitz podcast. And I was saying yesterday, Rod is a virtual Twitter celebrity. He's a guy who's definitely worth the follow because of how thought-provoking he is, as you will hear in this show. He does the Browns Blitz podcast. That can be found at the Browns Blitz. And he is also listed at Rod can be found at CLE Rod B on Twitter. Our fourth contributor uh, was not able to get into the studio, but it is Jack McCurry from the 1085 Gridiron podcast. Jack McCurry can be found at J McCurry Clee on Twitter. So, with the introductions aside, a little bit longer than the last show, of course, let's get into the questions. In part one of the summit, we talked about the team's identity, we talked about Freddie Kitchens, and we also talked about the defense as well as the work of Steve Wilkes. At the beginning of the second section, we're going to talk about the guy who led off this show, Baker Mayfield. So the question I asked these guys was this, how much of the Browns' offensive struggles can be pinned on Baker Mayfield? Does this look like a typical sophomore slump? Or do you think the negative trends are symptomatic of something deeper? We'll start with Jack McCurry's response. 
Jack will start us off with this answer. He says, the struggles could be pinned on Mayfield, but I think it's a shared amount between himself and also the talent around him as well as the coaching. The protection hasn't been perfect. And it's a fact that seven out of the 11 interceptions that he's had have been tipped passes. His accuracy has also been an issue and the fact that he keeps missing open receivers, which makes me wonder if he's keeping his eyes downfield or just looking for his first read and then trying to improvise off of the read that isn't open. McCurry with the diplomatic response here, but let's see what John Cahill has to say of the two Green Browns about Baker Mayfield and his early season struggles. I think it's a bit much to pin the offensive struggles on on Baker Mayfield. To a certain element, there is a what you would call a typical sophomore slump. Um, I don't think it's symptomatic of anything deeper, really. I think it's just um, it's just a fact of uh, I think teams having more tape, having more time to prepare. Um, look at the two games where we got thumped with the Titans and with um, the Seahawks. Seahawks coming off a bye week and the Titans waiting all summer sitting there waiting for us like they've had plenty of time to prepare for us um, I think it's more symptomatic I think the struggles are more symptomatic of um, of, of a rookie head coach than um, than a sophomore slump for the quarterback um, if the ball gets out early and uh, we don't have to wait for long developing routes Baker gets the ball out he, he does the job there has been an interception issue um, definitely so that's definitely something that needs working on um, I think as as an overall package the offense is yet to um, yet to click and to become um, a, a unit as one say from Baker and Odell haven't got that relationship off to 100% just yet and hopefully that's getting there nothing I'm worried about I'm not worried about the quarterback I think um I think the floor for Baker Mayfield is going to be, you know, a, a ten to a ten to fifteen ranked quarterback, and I think the ceiling is Russell Wilson, who is probably playing, you know, best quarterback in the in the league currently, you know. So I think um, I think we don't have anything to worry about there. Some calming words from across the pond about Baker Mayfield. Thank you, John, for that. So Adam and Greg, what do you guys think about Baker Mayfield? You absolutely can pin part of this on Baker Mayfield. I mean, he has 11 turnovers. Were they all his fault? Absolutely not. He hasn't been the same accuracy-wise this year. He can he can get better in that aspect. It's not just Baker. It starts with Baker, but you have offensive line issues. They're not able. It, Baker looks skittish at times behind them. He's not sure if the coverage is if the uh, blocking is ever going to hold up. On top of that. Baker's working with Odell, who's a new receiver, trying to get a little bit of uh, rhythm built up with uh, Beckham. Missing Higgins is not helping. Missing Najoku is not helping. The tight ends have been uh, terrible filling in. Outside of Ricky Seals-Jones, who's been a nice little ad the past couple of weeks, uh, you've gotten nothing from those tight ends. So ultimately, it falls on the quarterback because when things go well, Baker gets praised. When things go bad, Baker gets hated on. I understand that, but this, there's there's more to it. Freddie needs to put Baker in positions to to succeed. Freddie is very very aggressive 
and and some Freddie wants to 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 see you know he wants to see us throw the ball around he wants to put up as many points as he can we might not have the offensive line to be able to do that we might have to start relegating this offense to a little bit more run uh, run style offense than than trying to uh, spread it out like they have to this point so we'll see going forward i absolutely expect in the, in the second half of the season for baker to improve i don't think you're gonna see the uh the interceptions continuing at the pace they're going to i expect to see a lot more touchdowns going forward as well i'm hoping for that as well guys so the guys from surviving the season saying that Baker Mayfield deserves a little more accountability for what's happened, but sh- still sharing the blame with everybody. So now let's hear Rod Bloom's opinion on Baker Mayfield. To me, I think it's I think it's a sophomore slump, and I got to say this is something I really didn't foresee, just because how good Baker was his rookie season with setting the setting the uh, the the rookie touchdown record in just thirteen plus games. I never imagined that Baker would take a step back like this. But if you look at, at what a lot of quarterbacks do historically or have done historically, um, this happens to a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, Baker hasn't lost any visibility. He's the same guy with with the same ac- accuracy as last season. He's just he's just out of sorts. Um, he he's got an offensive line that's not as good. And it, it plays okay sometimes here and there, but um, the, the offensive line's not helping him. Baker, and, and it seems like some games he goes out and he's playing like the Baker of old for a while, and some games he goes out and he's just just not himself. And I just think he's tr- he's struggling to try to find himself, and he's probably struggling against adjustments that defenses are making against him that they didn't do last season. They're probably trying to confuse him, and some of it's working. So it's a, there's a learning curve. Just like there is for Freddie Kitchens, there's a learning curve for Baker, definitely. So um, I wish Baker was playing better. He's not yet, but he's going to get there. I'm not worried about Baker long term. I think um, I think what I would like to see is uh, what I'd like to see and what will make me feel better about the offense is the offensive line getting more and more consistent as the season goes on and I think if that happens it's going to help Baker kind of find his groove too. Rod makes a great point about not really expecting the quarterback's second season struggles just because of how well he did in his first season but as I look at these game scripts so far I look and see a quarterback who is ultra competitive and has a huge desire to win fighting through some pretty negative situations particularly in the Titans and in the 49ers game. It looks to me like he's already begun to learn some of the lessons such as taking the what the defense is giving you. And even the last interception he had to Hilliard was a play that it looked like he was displaying a willingness to take what the defense was giving him. Okay, with that we'll get to our first break. You've been listening to the Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature. I'm your host, Eleven Eight Seven. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature. I am your host, Thelonious7. Let's get into the next question. This one's about John Dorsey. How do you rate the work of the team builder? What do you see as the biggest flaws on this roster? We'll start, of course, with Jack McCurry from the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. 
His response to this question is as follows. I think John Dorsey has done a solid job in building the roster with talent, but the middle of the roster with those solid veterans is lacking. Those guys that other playoff contenders have, such as the Rams, 49ers, Patriots, Eagles, etc. Some of the draft picks have been questionable. Corbett, of course, Callaway, Redwine. But Dorsey has made some great trades, and of course, Dorsey added Baker Mayfield, who could be a potential franchise quarterback in the eyes of Jack McCurry. Jack continues, The biggest flaws currently are the offensive line and the linebacker depth, in my opinion. It is clear that Robinson and Hubbard shouldn't be on this roster after this season, and while I like the potential of Wilson and Takitaki, the position of linebacker lacks talent besides Joe Schobert. So let's hear what Adam and Greg from Surviving the Season have to say about the work of John Dorsey thus far. Dorsey's been praised over and over for the Beckham getting Vernon. He's, he's gotten a lot of super positive press. We went into the season with a big, big hole on the offensive line, and it wasn't addressed. So I think Dorsey's done a good job of getting players in, but some of the big holes uh, that weren't addressed, and, and we now we just keep talking about them week after week. There's some depth issues at certain positions that when now you, that you have injuries, we, we see those, those uh, flaws pop up. Yeah, we knew going in tackle was an issue. I think the Browns were trying to address that. The problem is there wasn't a lot out there, but you can't let the, the tackle issue get to where it has with both of them really below average players, both tackles. The, the tight ends, there's just no depth there to start with. Once you miss David Njoku, it, it's not looking good for the tight end position. That's the offensive woes. Once you get to the defensive side of the ball, there's no real depth at the defensive line. The front four, fantastic. Depth leaves a lot to be uh, desired. And then you have two two, uh, rookie linebackers that are filling in for Schober and Kirksey. If they have to play, you're going to have struggles there. Depth is an issue there. And then also, 100% Jermaine Whitehead has been a bust Morgan Burnett and and Whitehead combining to fill in for Peppers has been a negative. I'm not sure if it's fair to pin the defensive line depth issues on uh, John Dorsey, especially when a guy like Avery can't seem to find the field. Your points about linebacker and secondary depth are definitely right on, except for the fact that Jermaine Whitehead, that guy didn't even initially make the 53-man roster, so I have a hard time getting upset with Dorsey about the injuries that have occurred in the secondary. Whitehead is who he is. I mean, he's a safety who is a big hitter, who can cause some turnovers, but who sometimes misses tackles. And the the, the bad thing about Whitehead is his liability and coverage. Uh, He's a safety, and he pretty much has to cover. And when he's making mistakes in this regard, you definitely notice him on the field. So I'm interested to hear Rod Bloom's take on the work of this team builder. Um, Work of the team builder, John Dorsey. Um... Yeah, yeah, I think he's done a great job. I think that uh, if you just look at the way the secondary's filled in with with uh, with Denzel Ward and and a lot of the other guys out, when, when all four starters were out, um, and and you, you can't say they didn't miss a beat, but um, but they really didn't look like a team that had all four starters out. The, the guys that came in off the bench, a lot of them looked like starters. They, they played very well. You could just see the depth on this defense. 
So Dorsey has done a phenomenal job of building depth on this team. And, and it's something that this team hasn't had in years and years and years is actual depth. It's always been, I mean, for as long as I can remember, if a guy went down, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, who's coming in? Because you knew that was going to be the weak spot on the field, no matter where it was. There wasn't depth anywhere. So now there's some actual depth. Okay. We know where the, we know where the weak spot is and it's the offensive line and Unfortunately, I just think with some injuries and some guys underperforming, that's the way that's the way it's come it, it's come to be. Um, I still think this offensive line can put together, can get itself together to to play well for the remainder of the season. I'm not saying that's going to start in New England, but I, I think they can get there. I think there's guys who can. Who can play better than they're playing now, and I think uh, you know maybe we'll see some some other guys play um, who aren't playing now. But I think they'll find a formula for the offensive line to where they'll do a little bit better than what they've been doing so far, and hopefully that'll help Baker. You know, I have no complaints with anything that Rod adds in this take. The only thing that gives me some pause for concern is the issue that the team has had at tailback at running back. Now, there's no issue at all with Nick Chubb. He is definitely one of the best running backs in the NFL. The problem is when Nick Chubb is out of the game, there's nobody who can do what Nick Chubb does at all. And it completely signals to the defense exactly what's going to come, which is a, it's going to be a pass. This is something that I kind of, that I would put at the feet of John Dorsey because it's something that at the beginning of the year he could have anticipated. I mean, he knew for the first eight games of the year he was going to be light at running back. Last year, they started the year with three guys who could tote it between the tackles. This year, they have one. And I feel that just this little subtle difference has had a profound impact on something like team identity. Now let's hear from across the pond from John Cahill from the Two Green Browns podcast. John, what do you see as the flaws on this roster? So flaws on the roster at the moment... um mostly on the defensive side of the ball I would see our safety room is something that needs addressing I think Randall's going to move on um, at the end of this year I think the linebacker room is something that needs addressing um, I don't know if Mac Wilson has been ready to throw in exactly uh, the way he's been thrown in this year um, be interesting to see what sort of money Schobert is going to be uh, needing at the end of this year um, personally, a big fan of Joe Schobert. Um, he doesn't uh, doesn't always pop on the television screen, but on the stat sheet every week, he's always there or thereabouts. So, uh, uh, but I think it's a room that could be addressed, and also the um, the tackle room, um, the O line room. Uh, I, now, for this year, I don't think it's going to make much of an odds for this year, but for the coming year. Um, if we can sort out, if we can sort out our tackles, I, I, I do find we're a bit soft at left tackle and right tackle, and both positions we could upgrade, whether they're upgraded from within or without. Um, that's another story. Yeah, of course, there was so much trade chatter from the District of Columbia area, as well as perhaps Kendall Lamb maybe getting a role at a position coming in the near future. Well, on the other side of this break, we'll wrap up the Dog Summit. You've been listening to said Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Alonia7. We'll be right back.
welcome back to the final segment of the Dog Summit. I am your host, Thelonious7. We are joined today by Jack McCurry, by Rod Bloom, by John Cahill, and as well as the brothers, Adam and Greg, from the Surviving the Season podcast. I deeply appreciate these guys taking time for us at Dogs by Nature Radio. They've definitely made me a better fan, and I've had a lot of fun putting this together. So before we sign off, I wanted to get these guys' takes on whether or not the Browns would make the postseason. We'll start with Jack McCurry's response. He starts like this. I think there's still a chance the Browns can make the playoffs this season, but I think the slow start could have hurt those chances. The AFC North isn't looking so strong, and the Browns have five division games less on the schedule. And could sweep the division, although that would be a little shocking. (laughs) Yeah, for me too, Jack. (laughs) But Curry continues. The team just needs to take the rest of the season one game at a time and just let it play out. If they can get to eight or nine wins, it'll be considered a solid season despite the high expectations because this team still needs to find their identity and needs to continue to build a solid winning culture and a foundation after many, many years of losing and dysfunction. So McCurry a little lukewarm on the team's playoff chances, but taking a long-term development look on the team's overall outlook. Let's hear what Rod Blooms thinks about the Browns' postseason chances. I think they're pretty good. I have a lot of confidence in this team. I think this team looks good uh, against teams that they... We got to throw out the Tennessee game. I think everybody thought the Browns were going to win that game, and they just weren't ready for it. First game of the season. But the Browns have looked good against teams that that they should look good against. Um, You know, and you can have your opinion about the Seattle game. Browns had a shot to win that game, but they turned the ball over. And telling you what, Seattle is a pretty darn good football team. 49ers, we know, are, are a really good team. Rams, you know, the Browns had a shot in that game. Um, but, you know, uh, the Browns, if they can take care of business against the teams they should beat in the second half, I'm telling you what, nobody is going to run away with this division. Uh, the Bengals are the Bengals. The um, the Ravens, <laughs> yeah, they're 4-2. Take a look at the rest of their schedule. If you're worried about them, take a look at the rest of their schedule. They are playing the teams that have just uh, given the Browns a losing record. So... Um, they've got some losses coming, and, and they're going to pile up pretty quickly on the Ravens. And the Steelers, Steelers, Steelers look horrible. They got their third-string quarterback in, and now all of a sudden they've won some games, so I don't think we know who the heck they are either. So we're not going to know who the Steelers are until we play them twice within, what is it, twice, well, twice in two weeks. I know the first game is a Thursday, but, um, you know, we'll have to see. So... If the Browns can take care of business against the Steelers, then the, the Browns have a great shot of winning this division. And who knows? I mean, it, it's possible they win this division with, with eight or nine wins. And that, that's a very doable at this point in the season. Man, I share your optimism, and I'm definitely bullish about the Browns' chances to make the postseason as well. Let's hear from John from the Two Green Browns podcast on what he thinks the Browns' postseason chances could be. The Browns making the postseason. I uh, was a lot more positive about this question a month ago. Uh, a little bit less positive now. We essentially have to go to the Patriots. And um, it looks 
it looks like a very difficult proposition at the minute for this team to go to Foxborough and come out with a win. So if the unthinkable, a loss to the Pats in Foxborough were to happen, that leaves us at two and five. That leaves us with nine games left in the season. And to get to nine, for the, the Brands to get to nine wins, that would require seven wins out of the last nine games. So that would require us going seven and two down the stretch. Not not beyond the bounds of possibilities at all. But look at games like the Broncos, the Bills and the Steelers. Look, whilst we do have an easy run with the Bengals twice, the Cardinals, um, Dolphins, you know, uh, we have Baltimore Ravens at home. Not going to be an easy game. The Steelers game, both games, not even no matter who's quarterback there, it's not good. They're not going to be easy games. They're going to be difficult games to win. We can win them. Um, they are winnable games. So to go seven and two down the stretch, I don't, I don't see that as something uh, that's impossible. However, I do find that each game that passes without a win in this little stretch that we're currently in uh, we're going to end up with a with a possible three game losing streak each game the, the odds go down of us reaching the postseason but I suppose um, I'm 50-50 I'm 50-50 on that at the moment um, we will see how that goes uh, it has to be said anything less than winning the AFC North and qualifying for the postseason is probably going to be viewed as a failure. What level of failure? Uh, previous season's failure was 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 not was failing to win one or two games. So the bar has changed. The bar has changed, and uh, how we define success and failure uh, on the pitch in the coming year will be will be interesting. But um, to have uh, a worse record uh, this year after all the work all the time, all the effort, all the money and all the players that come into this franchise is kind of unthinkable. It's kind of unthinkable that we would have a worse record at the end of this season. Ooh, at the beginning of the year, I don't think that's something anybody would have considered as a possibility, but by now at the break, that's definitely in the range of outcomes. John, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Let's finish up the takes with Adam and Greg from surviving the season. Well, I mean, for us, we are pretty much go in with uh, crazy, crazy predictions every week. Anyway, uh, we call it like you know, Browns forty-eight to three easy win. I'm going to stick with that for Browns making the postseason. I think we run the second half. It's twelve and four Browns team winning, winning the North, <laughs> winning out, huh? Oh, I like that. I like that positivity. <laughs> well, I sure hope so. Look, you only play one game in your division. There's five games left. And Baltimore, yeah, they're sitting at four and two. They haven't played anybody. And when they played us, they got their butts kicked. I fully expect us to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers twice. I expect us to beat the Ravens again. I expect us to beat the Bengals twice. So if we get those wins and we continue to get some wins outside our, our division, easily we can win this division yet. We should be able to make the playoffs. I totally agree with this optimism, and I think the squad's on schedule to get at least 10 wins. And you look, they have a great chance to go 6-0 in the AFC North. The only obstacle is the Ravens coming into town. Additionally, the rest of that slate, it's got teams like the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Cardinals on it who have not been so successful thus far this year. 
I'm bullish on the Browns postseason chances. I'm excited for the second half of the season to begin. And with that, we'll wrap this show up. Let's hear a few final words from the guys from Surviving the Season and from Rod Bloom. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, submit for this. Again, we are Surviving the Season. Uh, we're on Twitter at STS Podcasts. Um, you can email us, survivingtheseason at gmail.com. Our podcast is on all the major networks, Apple, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we usually release podcasts uh, directly after the game on, on Sunday games. And uh, we usually do a Thursday, preview pro- a Thursday preview podcast. So usually two times a week uh, you can find our podcast. Adam and Greg definitely love the content. Hopefully we can work together again soon. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And now the final words from Rod Bloom. I appreciate being asked to do this. And again, you can follow me at CLERodB on Twitter. And um, you can follow the podcast, The Browns Blitz, at The Browns Blitz on Twitter. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Bloom, for submitting your piece as well. Well, with that, we'll put this one in the books. You've been listening to The Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature. My name is Thelonious7. Happy birthday, oh mama. Go Browns and dog check.